Hello everyone, this is Button Center, presented by the Marist College Center for Sports Communication. I am Matthew Bono, joined by Matt Zukevich. We are here on yet another Tuesday. It is May 1st, 70 degrees outside and sunny. It's the first really nice day of the year, and we're inside talking about baseball because that's just what we love to do. Um, we have some news out of Dodger World and Corey Seager is out for the year with Tommy John's surgery. One of the best shortstops in the game. It is never good to see an injury like this to anybody, but never mind a star on a World Series contending team. And Matt, with the Dodgers at 12 and 16, what does this mean for the rest of their season? I mean, first of all, this like shocked the world, right? Nobody even knew Seager was injured. At least I didn't. I didn't even hear anything before this. Uh, I got an update in the middle of class last night. <laughs> I was like, Bono. <laughs> Bono Seager's out for the year. Uh, this is terrible for the Dodgers. They already lost Justin Turner. Uh, you know, there's, there's some bad blood a little bit between Cody Bellinger and Dave Roberts in the past few days. Yasiel Puig is out. Uh, the prospects they've called up haven't been great. Walker Buehler's been pretty good. Uh, they just called up that Verdugo kid. Uh, I, I'm not not too not too high in the Dodgers right now. Yeah, I. I mean, I wasn't in love with their team last or coming into the year because I felt that they missed their chance. And because the only reason I felt that coming into the year is because you win over 100 games. You have that historic season. You go all the way to the World Series. Finally, Clayton Kershaw is going to be the guy to win you the World Series. He pitches pretty good, pitched very well in Game 7, but they still couldn't pull it off. Going into the year, there's World Series hangover. Like if I'm if That's I'm thinking, I, I'm I really don't think so because as a player, I just had that whole ordeal. I went over a hundred games. Cody Bellinger had a historic season. Everyone played up to the back of their baseball cards and more. Kenley Jansen will never be that good again in his career, and they still couldn't pull it off. So if you can't win then, and how are you going to win in the future? But now. They go into the season. They lose you, Darvish. I know he didn't pitch well for him, but he was still, you know, a co-ace or a solid number two. They didn't, you know, there's no Grank anymore. So they right. went into the year Clayton Kershaw versus the world. And I'm sorry, with the Dodgers, for where they are as a franchise, they haven't won in decades. Where they are with the, um, with the payroll, they could afford to go out and get another pitcher. I don't understand how they went into the year with just Clayton and Rich Hill, Alex Wood. Really, Ryu, Maeda. I don't know if they could have afforded another pitcher. They spent big on Rich Hill. Well, that I I guess that it's coming kind of off depends. They spent big on Rich Hill, Kenley Jansen, and Justin Turner. Right, bring them back. But I think you're the way I'm looking at it. This is a team that was sniffing 300 million a few seasons ago. I know they're not exactly that same mindset yeah, anymore. Same but you have to realize that if you're in that front office, it is now or never. You know, we talk a lot on the show, and people talk a lot about it in other, um, you know, baseball talk shows around the country about how the Angels are wasting Mike Trout's years and when are they going to get him some help to win. Well, never mind Mike Trout. Clayton Kershaw right now is a complete waste if you're a Dodger fan. Because That's a hot take. No, I'm not, I don't mean it in that particular way, but the whole point is to win World Series, right? Right. You have the best pitcher arguably ever. And he has nothing on his fingers. He has nothing. 
Right. You wasted him if you don't win a World Series because as a front office, that is your goal. It's not for him to win MVPs or Cy Youngs or ERA titles. It's to win World Series. Clayton Kershaw's a waste right now if you don't do anything to help him. So you didn't give him any help behind the rotation, and you thought you were going to win a World Series with Clayton Kershaw and <laughs> Rich Hill as your number two? Alex Wood is the number three. These are nice pitchers, but once the month turns from cal- sub- once the calendar turns from September to October, you know Rich Hill isn't exactly a nice guy anymore. Alex Wood isn't exactly a go-to guy anymore. Right. Kenley is clearly facing some sort of hangover from last year and fatigue from the workload that they gave him. He's not the same pitcher. They're in a lot of trouble. I mean, th- they're they're dealing with a position of strength, like. They have tons of prospects down on the farm, and I think if they get into late May, mid-June, and they realize that, look, Seager's out for the year, and we're not getting any better. Turner came back, and things have not gotten better. Mm-hmm. You're going to see them start to market guys like Verdugo, or you're going to see them the market Bueller, uh, all their other prospects, and they're going to make a move. They're okay. Gonna, they're going to get a shortstop. They're going to get a starting pitcher. Right. A Darvish type to make another run. And players. I would agree with you, and I was thinking about that, but... Who do they get? Two of the biggest names out there, Michael Fulmer and Chris Archer. Michael Fulmer's taking you to the World Series. Chris Archer, I mean, he's probably the – I would still love him. Do not get me wrong. But if you get Chris Archer, you're hoping that he can catch fire in October. I've never been uh, been big on Chris Archer. Right. Because why would you? I'd, he's always been overrated in my head. Yes. Um, That's my point. Those are the two best names out there. I think they could swing a trade for Michael Fulmer. Uh huh. And that'll give him a little bit of insurance if Kershaw opts out this year. Right. Not enough, though. Not enough. Um, it's yeah, hard really because there's not that many great names out there. And as the season progresses and some teams fall off, we might see more names emerge. But my point is, w- the help might not be coming this year. Right. So you went into the, you made the decision, Andrew Friedman in the front office, to go into this 2018 season with Clayton Kershaw and everybody else. They always had a, a Robin to his Batman, yeah. and he's by himself this year. And now with the injuries, they're not going to be able to be that powerhouse again because now they don't have their star third baseman. They don't have their star shortstop for the entire year. They're now relying on a second-year rookie, Cody Bellinger, who was just benched for not hustling to lead their team. They're, I'm not saying that the Dodgers are doomed because they're still good enough to make the playoffs. But I don't know about the division, and I certainly know they're not going to win the World Series this year. Uh, it's over. Yeah, I, Their window of opportunity is now over because now Clayton Kershaw can opt out this offseason, and he might go somewhere else if he wants to. I just think they need guys to step up and do what they're capable of. They traded years ago, or two years ago probably, for Logan Forsythe, mm-hmm. who had a career year in Tampa Bay. They gave away one of their top prospects, Jose right. DeLeon. And like, he's he's not doing anything. He's batting a buck seventy four. You know, Jock Peterson has been a bust. Corey Seager wasn't being productive before he got injured. Uh, they're basically being carried by Osmani Grandal and Matt Kemp. <laughs> I, I mean, this is this isn't a bust on Matt Kemp. He's been great this year. He's batting yeah. three three nineteen with four dingers. You know I what mean, we saw? If if I didn't cut you off there, if you not sure. Um I think last year, and I think a lot of people who really watched baseball kind of noticed that everything just went right for the Dodgers. Right. 
And I'm not I'm not saying that they wouldn't have won, you know, 90 games in their sleep because they are that stacked. Just a bunch of players came out of nowhere and, and did really well. Alex Wood, right. Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor, I mean, give me a break. Like, it's no longer the Cinderella story in 2018. Everyone is tired. They're fatigued from every October for the last five years that they have gone in and gone right back out because it's all catching up to them now. And this year, the only difference is they didn't give protection to themselves. And now they don't have guys to come out of nowhere because I'm not saying that Cody Bellinger came out of nowhere, but there is no Cody Bellinger right. this year. Well, there could be. I mean, there's as far as... A, a guy coming out of the farm system and hitting 40, what was it, almost 40 home runs. Well, there could be. We don't know what Verdugo is capable of. R- sure, but, but you can't rely on that. And I know that that could happen, but there is no, no more yeah, Chris I mean, Taylors this year. You can't rely on, on those yeah. things to happen. I mean, even when you look on the other side of the ball, Kershaw hasn't been great. The The l- team leading ERA is Hyunjin Ryu. <laughs> He's he's doing better than Kershaw and Alex Wood. Kenley Jansen has blown like four saves. Yeah, I don't blame him either. And he's he's the one guy in the bullpen that's supposed to be consistent. And the reason they worked him. Oh yeah. Like uh, it's this is the price that you pay for what you've done the last couple of postseason, which is fine, a hundred percent fine. You have to win those games with the best pitchers available, but. You have to come out with something. If you think Scott Alexander and Tony Singrani are going to carry you, carry your bullpen to October, you got they don't even have it. Brandon Morrow anymore. I, <laughs> I mean, there's not even a Robin to Jansen's Batman. And that's another thing. Like two years ago, they had Joel Blanton that came out of nowhere and was really productive in that bullpen. Last year, Brandon Morrow came out. Yes, and they I, knew that. I Matt. don't see that happening. And they knew that. Like they got this, lucky. This wasn't that they got hurt. Or, you know, that they unexpectedly got these huge contracts that they weren't thinking. They knew. They let them walk. They knew that Jansen was going to be by himself. They knew that Kershaw was going to be by himself. Right. And I'm so, like, it's catching up to them now. And simply the Dodgers aren't good enough to win a World Series anymore. Uh, if, if they have any shot... They Kershaw has to catch fire, and they have to go out and get a name like Fulmer or Chris Archer and hope that they could play to their potential in the postseason. Yeah. And again, that's all hope because right now we haven't seen great postseason numbers out of Kershaw, and we haven't – I'm sorry, that's, it's been too many years to ignore now. And we haven't seen, at least from this year with Michael Fulmer and over Chris Archer's career, they really aren't – they're not Zach Greinke good yet. Right, yeah. They could be, but again, it's all hope. It's fingers crossed Chris, Ar- Chris Archer doesn't give up four runs this game. It's that he strikes out ten and gives up one. That's hoping. I think Chris Archer is a lot is, is very similar to you, Darvish, mm-hmm. in the sense that they can be completely dominant or they can be absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Dodgers were lucky that they kind of got the good you, Darvish, in the second half of last year, and maybe they might strike again with a Chris Archer deal. Or even a, a former deal, I don't know, but they have to do something. Kemp is not going to be able to carry this team to October. And I, th- <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, um, the Dodgers are in hot water, and if they do, I, I was thinking, you know, of the names available. It's the Archers, it's the Fulmers, and before the season started, it was going to be Patrick Corbin and maybe even Zach Greinke if somebody wanted to take right, on the contract. Yeah. But now the Do- Diamondbacks, 
have a chance, a legitimate oh. chance to make the West. They could win it. Oh yeah. They're sitting at twenty and eight right now, correct? Their starting rotation, you can make the argument, is better than everyone in the games, maybe besides the Nationals when they're all clicking. But, <laughs> I mean, that team is all of a sudden loaded in the pitching department. Zach Greinke, we know what he is, hasn't pitched that great this year, but, you know, we all have faith that he'll come back and be Zach Greinke. Robbie Ray is Robbie Ray. Zach Godley has done his job, but out of Zach Godley's been good. Not out of nowhere, because I don't want to, you know, downplay what he's done in the past, but nobody saw this coming out of Patrick Corbin. No, Maybe besides not. the Diamondbacks and the Yankees who wanted to trade for him, but my God, the guy's an ace now. All of a sudden. What? We're, we're four starts in. Four, you're right. Rain, reel me in. But now all of a sudden it's. He's been dominant. Hey, who's in that offseason? Oh, it's Keuchel, it's potentially Kershaw, and it's Patrick Corbin. The weird thing is that a lot of people saw this coming this year. When you looked at, like, fantasy rankings, he was high up in fantasy rankings. And, yeah. like, he was making news across the MLB that, like, he was going to have a really good year. Yeah, you're right. And I don't understand. Like, the past two years, 5.15 ERA, 4.03. Now he's got a 2.25 in one month. Granted, and a it's lot one of month. strikeouts. Sure, it's one month. And he took a no-hit bid into, what, the eighth or ninth? But, I mean, come on. How did people see this coming? I didn't. I, I didn't see it coming. And when the Yankees were looking at him in the offseason, I was like, okay, well, is Patrick Corbin the guy? He's the guy who, you know, is going to replace Montgomery in the rotation. Um, but obviously they knew that he was going to be this good. Um, and all of a sudden that team, that rotation is extremely deep and very formidable, one through five. They have multiple guys who could beat aces. Robbie Ray is great. Granke is great. P Corbin now is great, and Godley's very good. They have their relief ace in Archie Bradley. They have their superstar on the offense, Paul Goldschmidt. Brad Boxberger has been amazing out of the bullpen. Uh, things Nine saves. It's like you know we were talking about with the Dodgers. Everything is going right for the Diamondbacks this year. Pollock seems to be back to his – all-star self. They're still waiting for Jake Lamb to come back, and so am I. Help my fantasy team out. <laughs> um, the Diamondbacks are very, very good, and I believe I had him as my first wild card. Um, and right now, if I had to re-pick, if I had to redo my guess for the NL West, knowing that Corey Seager's out for the year and that Justin Turner is out, going to be out for the next three to four weeks again, and how Jansen has pitched and how right, nobody yeah. has helped Kershaw. The Di Diamondbacks are winning the National League West, no? Is that a yeah, hot take? That's not a hot take. I, I mean, we, we have to remember that Jake Lamb's been out for most of the year so far. Mm -hmm. Steven Souza Jr. hasn't had that bat. <laughs> he hit 30 home runs last year. Shelby Miller's God knows what happened to him. <laughs> Taiwan Walker and oh, Robbie, Robbie Ray are both injured. And they're doing this all without them. Yep. I mean, Ray, granted got injured this week, but, like, everybody else, they're doing it without him. It's it's incredible because I guess, you know, when you grow up as, you know, it, it was kind of like when the Tigers, every single year they would lead their division, they would be World Series contenders, and then when we started to see them kind of fall out of it, it was kind of weird to watch, right? We saw Miggy start to age, Victor Martinez wasn't himself, and all of a sudden the Tigers are in the basement. And I think we're starting to see that with the Dodgers a little bit. Not Certainly not to that extent, because like I said, the Dodgers are still a playoff team. Um, but 
I think the Diamondbacks are making their way up to be that powerhouse in the National League West. I see them as a division winner. Um, they have, again, when you send out a guy every single night who could dominate, I, I, I've i never been you know in, involved in a major league organization, but I can't imagine what that feels really? like. Really? You haven't? I know. It it would, sounds like if it. you look at me, you would think I was a professional athlete. <laughs> but I haven't been inside of a clubhouse, but I can't imagine what it feels like knowing if you go out there and take the field that every day you have Zach Greinke. He's going to give you seven and give up two. You have Robbie Ray. He's going to give you seven and strike out ten. You have Corbin. He's going to give you seven and strike out ten. The best you have Godley. This? He's going to give you six and a third and give up a couple. And then, like you said, Walker got hurt, which is unfortunate. But when you have four guys who are legit and you have a bullpen who's not blowing the game every single time out, it's it's a fun feeling. You gain confidence. The best thing about this is that they're doing this without J.D. Martinez and basically without Paul Goldschmidt, who has not been good this year. A.J. Pollock is putting this team on the back. Nick Ahmed is doing great. Chris Owings. I mean, it's unreal. It, it is guys that, you know, the, these things aren't going to last, which – Obviously, we have hope that Paul or confidence that Paul Goldschmidt's going to come back and be Paul Goldschmidt. He, but he, will. he will. Yeah. And when you look at teams and, you know, how they're going to be over the course of the long haul, I always like to look at, you know, the 2-3-4, maybe 2-3-4-5 of their order, their rotation, and their bullpen. They're 2-3-4. We got the three best hitters on that team, Lamb, Pollock, and Goldschmidt. And then the rotation that I've just talked about and then their bullpen, you brought up Boxberger. Archie Bradley's a stud. Uh, this team is very good. There's really not that many leaks that they need to plug come trading deadline. The scary thing is that it's not going to be sustainable. Once they lose Goldschmidt in a few years, we know they don't have the payroll to bring him back. Uh huh. I mean, then you're going to rely, really rely on Jake Lamb, A.J. Pollock. Once, once he leaves, I mean, th they don't have any farm system either. And it's going to be tough to re-sign those guys because of the contract right. that they gave Zach Greinke, which, again, they had to have known that was coming. And when teams give guys like that, especially at that age, that kind of contract, they expect to at least go – maybe for a team like the Diamondbacks, they didn't expect to win a World Series, but they want to go very deep into the playoffs sure. and make one and then maybe win one. I think it's sorry to say because – their windows just opening, but it's right. going to be closing really soon. Which is something to look forward to because they know that. I mean, yeah. if we know that, they know that. So if they know that, hey, you know, we, we gave Granky this contract, we need to win now. Goldschmidt's not going to be here forever. Robbie Ray and Corbin might never be this good again. We need to strike now. That makes them a dangerous team at the trading deadline. They don't have a lot of prospects to make a move at the trading deadline. Though. I know, but. We have seen like I, the last I couple. I can't see them making another J.D. Martinez trade, getting that lucky. Right. But I, like you said, I think that was a little bit of luck, and they just struck gold. But I don't think it has to be a J.D. Martinez type of trade. I think another bullpen arm, they, they do need another bullpen arm, in my, in my opinion, because when it comes to be October and when it comes to be playoff games and you are facing the Dodgers and you are facing the Nationals, you need more than two guys, and really yeah. it's only one guy. I'm not relying on Brad Boxberger to get Bryce Harper out in the postseason. I'm not relying on Brax Bob <laughs> Brax Brad Boxberger to get Chris Bryant out in the postseason. I do rely on Archie Bradley, but I need another stud. You know what I mean? The thing I, is I they, don't, like, they don't revolve around studs. Like, right. You could say Paul Goldschmidt is a stud, Zach Granke is a stud, 
the other guys rose up out of nowhere, and that's true with the bullpen too. Like there's this, this Andrew Chafin. You're not a real baseball fan, so I doubt you know him. <laughs> uh, lefty, he could get out. He can get out Bryce Harper. He's a he's a good pitcher. That that Asian they signed, uh, Hirano, has been doing great. But just listen to your voice though when you say it. Uh, he's been doing great. He has been doing. I great. know, but it's not like it's not the same. I, I I criticized the Nationals about this a couple of years ago when they and they ended up proving me wrong when they got Sean Doolittle and who else was the other one? Kinsler was it? Yeah, been I, dreadful by the way. Right, and when it comes to be like, if you're the Nationals, you are a full or a couple of bullpen arms away from winning it all. You have the one of the best players in the world, a great rotation. You are full bullpen arms away from winning the World Series. And you go out and get Sean Doolittle and Kinsler. I know Doolittle has been great last year, and we'll see what he does for the rest mm-hmm. of this season. But my point is, just because they're putting up good stats in a regular season doesn't mean that they have word of the second podcast the huevos to get out the big boppers in October. I'm it is different. Sure, I'm not worried about the huevos right now. <laughs> I'll be worried about the huevos come September and October. I want to see what they can do in this first half, and then I'll start to worry. But th- it's going to be too late. Not You're not going to no. be able to get no. somebody. If if this bullpen can keep up the pace they're at right now, if Jorge De La Rosa can continue to pitch at a 0.96 ERA and be a lefty specialist out of the bullpen along with Andrew Chafin, I'm not concerned. Yeah, you still have Archie Bradley behind him. You still have Brad Boxberger behind him. But do you him. see how that's unrealistic? Brad Boxberger was an all-star. Yeah. Before his injury. That's nice. A lot of people are all-stars. I was an all-star, too. <laughs> but, like, even if you look at teams with really good bullpens, there is a hierarchy because some guys can, you know, mentally take the postseason and the bright lights and the big boppers, and some guys can't. TJ McFarland. Listen to these names Pitching that you're throwing to a 2.25 out. ERA. It's April, and they're facing guys in the regular season. He there is something to be said about the po- – this is all nitpicking on a very, very good team. That I guess I'll make that clear. These are little minor details that could be fixed come July 31st, and I'm sure that they will. I'm sure that they're going to go out, and if Zach Britton are – is he out? He's out for the year, right, with the torn Achilles, or is he coming back? Uh, he's supposed to come back. So I don't know if he w- might be available for them, but uh, somebody like that who is a legit stud and is a legit closer who can come out and be relied upon because Archie Bradley is kind of in that, you know, could be that fireman role where he just comes out in the sixth or seventh where the game's in the line mm-hmm. and get that closer in the back end to at least give him somebody else, at least one other arm that you could rely on. Because we saw that with the Dodgers last year. Right. Morrow pitched okay – but okay isn't good enough to win the World Series. He pitched Jansen every was game of the World Series. Yeah, Jansen was legit, right? He was the best pitcher on either side. And then he didn't have that other stud. And it may have cost him. You need more than one stud in the bullpen to win it all. And the Diamondbacks are good enough to win the World Series because of that rotation. But you're saying just because they don't have the stud in the bullpen. I don't know that they have a stud. And right now, if I'm the Diamondbacks, I can't gamble. But I can't cross my let's fingers. Say, let's say come July, Brad Boxberger is still having this good a year. Uh, Andrew Chafin's been doing really well. Are you, go- are you, are you comfortable def- defining them as a stud come July? No, because it's the regular season. Okay. There's a difference between pitching well in the regular season and pitching well in the postseason. They can pitch well in the postseason, but here's my point. 
I don't know that they can. And the Diamondbacks don't have the time to blow a postseason opportunity. And by that, I mean they don't have the time to waste a World Series possible year. Because we saw that with what the other teams are doing, and it hasn't worked out for them. The Diamondbacks know that the clock is ticking on Paul Goldschmidt. The clock is ticking on Zach Greinke. And, you know, we were just talking about how Chris Taylor had his, you know, his breakout year. And, excuse me, he's probably not going to get back to that level ever again. And, you know, Bellinger was great and Turner was great. And they kind of wasted those guys because they might never be have those seasons ever again. Well, you know what? Patrick Corbin might never have this season ever again. Robbie Ray might never have this season ever again. Zach Godley might never have this season ever again. I know that's gloom and doom, but when it comes to winning a World Series, you cannot take those kind of risks. If you see a bullpen arm that's a stud, go out and get him, pair him with Archie Bradley, and go win a World Series. I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know if there are going to be that many studs on the trading deadline. I guess you're probably looking at Alex Colomay, and he's doing it terribly this year. Yeah, it, uh, it's tough. Brad Hand, maybe? I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I, I'm i not concerned right now. Obviously, they're 20 and 8. Yeah. Uh, 20 and 8, you're flying high. You, you have a fair point, though. Yep. Long term, it's, it's a July problem. Long term not an sustainability problem. is definitely a concern, probably. So let's slide on over to the National League East with a team that is atop the division. Well, not. At the very <laughs> top, but behind the Let's Mets. Let's not forget who is at the top of the division. <laughs> the New York Metropolitans hold that spot, but behind them is not the Washington Nationals. It is the Atlanta Braves. Woo-hoo. Matt, I, I feel like I want to let you talk about the Braves a little bit. I think you're more enthused than I am. Wh- what's not to be enthused about in the Go Atlanta ahead. Braves? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, realistic. Okay, well, you're not fun. <laughs> I'm not fun. Have you Go seen ahead. what Ozzy Albies has done through the first month? He's hit nine home runs, and he's my size. Yeah. He's like, I think he weighs the least out of any Major League Baseball player. 5'8", 165. He's shorter than me. <laughs> What's going on? And then Ronald Acuna has come up, and he's already mashing. They just called up Mike Soroka to face the Mets tonight. Another uh, top 30 prospect overall. He's a beast. And they're not even talking about, like, the other guys, like Lucas Sims, Max Free, Luis Gahara. These are all top-pitching prospects they have in AAA waiting to come up right now. I'm telling you, they could make a push this year. What, define make a push, just so we're on the same page. They could make a run of the division. I'm telling you. Um, I think Dansby that— Dansby Swanson has been great. Which everyone forgets about him. Ozzy Albies has been amazing. Ronald right. Acuna, his first week, has been terrific. Ender Enciarte, Freddie Freeman, Johan Camargo. These are all guys that have that have proven what they can do. And if, if these pitchers do what they say they can do, they're I mean, they're all consistently across the board top prospects. Mm-hmm. They have a full rotation worth of top prospects in the minor leagues, in addition to what they have in the major leagues right now. Here's my problem. I mean, obviously it's it's very encouraging for the Braves and the Braves fans, but Everything is if, if, if. That's not true. That's not true. If you can't. How are you're going to expect these rookies the to perform the like this? The ifs are in the rotation. Okay. The offense, I don't have a problem with. The I only reason fine. why I'm not butchering this idea is because of their first baseman, Freddie Freeman, who before, you know, he's ran into some injury issues and hit by pitches, was statistically, arguably, the best, pi- or the best hitter in baseball. He was that good last season. 
Um, so I think that he has the uh, chance to carry that lineup. Kurt Suzuki's been great. Preston Tucker. <laughs> like what? <laughs> right, but it's it's May first. I'm wow. I can't say it's April anymore. Nope. You cannot. That means you cannot shoot down this idea. Um, Look. and they do have some veteran guys. Nick Marquez, Nick Marquez is going to keep. He's going to keep them anchored. And and Ender Insane. I can't pronounce his last <laughs> name. Um, he's also going to give them some stability at the top of the lineup. So the lineup, I, I'll buy the lineup with you. I think Acuna can be a legit guy who can be a major league hitter without any long lulls of a rookie. I think he's that good. So I'll give you the rotation, or I'll give you the starting lineup. Thank you. But, like, who's pitching for them? Like, we're going to rely on these guys who have never thrown in the major league. Guess what? If one doesn't work out, sorry, you're going down to AAA. I'm recalling uh, Max Reed. Right, oh, but Max, you're not working out? Sorry, I'm going back to Sean Newcomb. But here's, okay, well, Oh, oh, I two don't things. like you, Sean Newcomb. There's Luis Gohara. <laughs> two things. If you call up a major prospect like that, you're not just going to send him right back down. Or at least you shouldn't. That's I mean, fair. maybe the Braves might mess that up, but you, that logically shouldn't happen. Well, I mean, l- let's let's not joke ourselves here. They have some they have some pieces that have okay, proven but, okay, good. to be productive but at Major League here's, here's the number two. Say they all work out. They're all pitching great. Okay. Well, their, ro- their innings limits are going to be 140 to 160. Shut up about the innings limits. I don't oh care. Oh, my goodness. Okay. He just wants to blow all these pieces out just to make the wild card. Okay, there, there, are three, <laughs> there are three pitchers that I like consistently in the Braves rotation. Obviously, Julio Tehran. You like him? Yes. You don't? He's br- What's oh not to like about Julio Tehran? He's, he's inconsistent. Terrible. He's not terrible. I think he has the chance to come back, but we, we can't say that this guy is the piece to the Dodgers or the Braves rotation. I'm not going to pretend it. he's the piece. I think he's <laughs> a productive major league starter. He has. All right, go ahead. Continue. Brandon McCarthy, long term productive major league starter. Sure. Not saying he's an innings ace. eater. He's a good pitcher. Serviceable. I like that word. Sean Newcomb. Right. Very good guy. Right. Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. Great guy. Great personality. Well. <laughs> uh, and then you have guys that are at the major leagues right now and doing well. Mike Fultonavich. They have that other guy. I forget his name. Wow. This is <laughs> that's some rotation. But I mean, like, Matt But Whistler, okay, Matt okay, here. That's fine. But can they? All right, first of all, I and think. Those are not the big I names. I think winning their division, I think, in the words of Stephen A., that's blasphemous. Um, but for the sake of this argument, they might make a, roar, a run at the wild card. I think that's more realistic. I think obviously. it's more realistic. I also think they're not out of it for the division. Okay. So let's say they make the wild card. Who doesn't make the wild card? Because that means the Washington Nationals or the Mets aren't making it. Right. That means the Diamondbacks, well, Dodgers, one matter. of the Diamondbacks. All right. I'll put it this way. If the Braves make the wild card, one of – the Dodgers, Rockies, Diamondbacks, Nationals, Mets, Brewers, or Cubs are not making the wild card. Are the Braves better than any one of those teams? I don't know because I haven't seen their starting Maybe pitching Maybe the yet. Rockies. I haven't seen their starting pitching yet. Matt. Once, I mean, there's you see it. They're starting to call up. They called up Soroka. They called up Freed last, er, last week. I mean, they're start, they're, I think they realize that their window is opening right now. It is opening. You're right. And um, I think – if we see a few more starters trickle in, I think they could beat out. Here's the my point: the Brewers, 
or the Rockies. You were on this podcast a couple of weeks ago saying how the Phillies might make a run at the wild card. Are they better than the Phillies? Yes. Right? Okay. Why? They're, they have... Because the Phillies, if we want to go by their, their players, Hoskins has been all world again. Sure. They have Jake Arrieta. I'm not... They have Jake Nola. Arietta's been great. Nola, is he having a good year? I don't really know. But my point is, I think he's been decent. But my point is, like, we know what those guys could do. They've been, they've thrown 170 sure. innings in the big leagues before. I am less impressed by the Phillies prospects right now than the Braves. That's fair. I think J.P. Crawford hasn't been great. Scott Kingry's been okay. Uh, Jorge Alfaro, whatever. Nick Williams. Odubel Herrera hasn't been that great. I don't get the hype around him. <laughs> I mean, and their pitching prospects are not. All right, that's fair. The pitching prospects are not re- are ma- not major league ready yet. So, okay, so I just I'm trying to find out like how, where your th- what your line of thinking is here with that they could make the playoffs over the Rockies, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Weird Cubs, things Brewers. Happen, man. Weird things happen. Yeah, Baseball weird things happens. happen, not psychotic things. Not psychotic things. <laughs> I'm saying two injuries to the Rockies lineup, they're done. You're right. Nolan Arenado goes down, sorry. Braves are in the wild card now. You yeah, know? but then you have to face the Brewers, who you love. Say the Cubs win the division, and say the Diamondbacks win the division. Okay. That mean, And say the Mets win the division. Yeah, I'll say that. The Braves have to be better than the Washington Nationals with Max Scherzer, I'm telling you, man. Strasburg, Geo, Roark, Bryce Harper, Zimmerman, Rendon, Daniel Murphy, Adam Eaton, I'm telling Trey you, man. Turner. The team is stacked. They have to be better than the Dodgers. Weird Justin Turner, happen. Cody Bellinger, Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen. You just spent a half hour crabbing all over the Dodgers. I still said they're a playoff team. And then they have to be better than the Brewers. Josh Hader. Yeah, let's let's, uh, let's stop there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yelich, Lorenzo Cain. There are two wild card spots. You know that, right? Yeah. So if I'm one team goes down, it's, it's not out of the question. Look at the Mets last year. They're supposed to be a playoff team. They're supposed to be a World Series team last year. Sure. Let's say two injuries happen to the Rockies. Two injuries happen to the Brewers. And let's say two Braves injuries happen to the Braves. Braves are rolling into that spot. If two injuries happen to the Braves, as long as his name isn't isn't Freddie Freeman, they're going to be fine. If we have two points, point A and point B, and point B is the postseason and point A is the, the Braves, do you know how many twists and turns and stops and corks that need to happen for them to get to point B? I don't think nearly as much as you think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's very far-fetched, but... Not to belittle the Braves, they are having been a amazing. very good start to the season. Um, they have to be extremely encouraged, especially with Swanson's progress progression from last year. Um, he was in that Shelby Miller trade, who Matt said, you know, there needs to be a where in the world is Shelby Miller? Um, <laughs> no, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where Shelby Miller is? <laughs> <laughs> like Swanson was an absolute steal. He's finally hitting for average again. I think he's got his confidence, his swagger back. He just looks like a player. He looks like a superstar. Um, so Swanson's there. Acuna's been great. He again another guy that just looks the part. His body build, how he fills out his frame. He's got power to all fields. He's been very, very exciting for the Braves. They have their veterans to help him out. Like Matt said, it's all up to the rotation. And they have reasons to be encouraged about that, too. I'm excited. 
You're also excited about the Brewers' start to the season with Hell Josh Hader yeah, coming out. Josh Hader, if you don't know, because why would you? Because he pitches for the Brewers. I hardly know her. Um, <laughs> he is a lefty that comes out of the bullpen, 6'3", 185, long hair. His comp is pretty good. Wonderful tattoo sleeve, I must say. Wow, okay. His comp, do you know who his comp is? Andrew Miller. No, uh, no, no, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. I, I wouldn't, you know, Andrew Miller out of the bullpen, but yeah, people compare him to Randy Johnson. 18 innings. Do you know how many strikeouts he has? 37? 39. Oh, 39. He's got a 1 ERA, 18 innings, 39 Ks. Matt, again, I'm going to let you take this one over for me. 39 strikeouts. Do you know who has the next most strikeouts on the Brewers staff? No. Zach Davies with 25. <laughs> He's a, a starter. starter. Josh Hader has 14 more strikeouts than any Brewers starter. I'm. It's... He looks legit, right? Let's, let's let's recap Josh Hader's biography a little bit here, okay? So he came over in the Jonathan Lucroy trade from Texas Rangers as a starter. He's supposed to be a starter for the Brewers. Rangers got, you know, like two months of productive Lucroy out of him. Then he then he crapped out and free yeah. agent and then God knows what happened there. Uh now Josh Hader, right? Comes up as a starter, never used as a starter. For the Brewers, he just goes straight to the bullpen in the run last in postseason run last year, setting up for, for you know, uh, Jeremy Jeffries and uh, what's his name, what's Brewer's name, uh, Corey Knable. So, so like, Josh Hader's been amazing. He's averaging 19.5 strikeouts per nine, right, Kristen? Like this is amazing. It's <laughs> unheard of stuff. How, how are you not on the Josh Hader train? No, I am. I just it, it seems like he's another one of the guys who. You know, what we saw from Batances in 2014 where the guy's failed starter comes up and just dominates out of the bullpen, and it seems like he's going to be there for a long, long time. His strikeout percentage, do you know what that is? No, I just know the case for nine. 72%. That's insane. That's I crazy. mean, that's utterly disgusting. He it's not going to, like, you can't keep that up. He came in for an out, eight-out save last night. You know how many strikeouts he had? Eight, eight. He's legit. Um, he's gonna. I hope that he's gonna be their closer for the rest of the year. What about? Okay, so let me ask you a question. When Corey Knebel comes back, what do you do with Josh Hader? I keep him there. He's still closing out games with the Brewers. Yes. In July. Yep. Because I'm still. I love the fireman role idea, but I think that is a luxury. Um, I think that is a role that happens for teams that have a closer. Um, I think Corey Knebel's still great though. Sure, but he could be the fireman, or he could be the eighth inning guy. But don't you, if Josh Hader is your most productive pitcher, which I think that's that's true, starting or relieving uh-huh. for the Brewers, don't you want to see him in as many games as possible? <laughs> or do you want to see him start again? I don't want to see him start. Um, I think when you're this good on the bullpen and you were that bad as a starter, that just he don't. wasn't bad as a starter though. Yeah, but he wasn't what they want him to be. I think there's more value in him at this position more than a starter. Um, and the reason I keep him as a closer, I understand what you're saying, and it's, you know, it's very easy to do. Um, it's a good I, problem to have. Yeah, it's a good problem to have, and I wouldn't blame them if they did decide to do that. But like I said before, I think it's a luxury. Um, your main priority out of the bullpen is to just close down games. There's nothing more deflating than blowing leads in the ninth. It cost the Cardinals a chance at the playoffs last year. The Brewers are good enough to make a run at that wild card, 
leave Hater in the ninth, let him close games out. I mean, I, I he can do both because obviously he has done both, and like you said, he is an Andrew Miller type guy out of the bullpen. But that's only there's a reason that closers get paid closer money, and if you could close out the ninth, not many people can. And if you're that good, where you can close out the ninth, like you're one of the best pitchers in baseball, then right? Because then right. you're up there with Jansen and Chapman and Kimbrell. Um, so if I'm Hater and if I'm the Brewers, leave me alone. Keep him in the ninth inning. We'll worry about getting somebody else to fill his role the thing, come July. The thing that worries me is that he's being used for eight-out saves. And then he's not going to be used again until like four days later for another eight-out save. I want to see him impact as many games as possible. Which I think that can be easily fixed. I, I don't see him always coming out for eight eight um eight outs um we kind of see that out of chad green but even he doesn't come out for eight outs and again it's we don't see it that often because it's for teams that have this luxury and the brewers don't have the luxury to use him like you said for eight outs and then not see him again for two more days the yankees could do that because if chad green isn't available for two days well they still have a whole you know lineup of guys that could roll out and throw 100 and strike out 40 percent the brewers don't have that right now but when Knable comes back, then they have Hader and Knable. That's a nice duo. It's not great because I don't think Knable is not a two, stud. Not two studs. Um, <laughs> so come July, if again, if they could add another piece, and then Knable could be that fireman, and they have an eighth inning guy to set up Hader. Hader's legit. Leave him alone in the ninth. Let him close games out. It is, it is a very relieving feeling no pun intended, to have a guy who is that good to close out games because you know that the game is over. It's an intimidation thing, too. We haven't even mentioned future NL Cy Young Award winner Chase Anderson. You're still on that boat. Oh, I am. Um, Don't you worry. But also, what we kind of forgot to mention with Hayter and, like, the value of him being closer, when he kind of comes in, you know that the game is over as an offense, correct? Oh, yeah. He made Joey Votto look stupid last night. So when you know that going in, because, like, with Kimbrell, when he comes into the mound, like, you know the game's over. So it's also a mental thing to have a guy who's that good closing games out because now it's an eight-inning game. And then Knable comes back, and if he could pitch to the back of his baseball card, then it's a seven-inning game. And you add one more guy, then it's a six-inning game. So the more bullpen arms that are really good that you keep getting, it keeps whittling down the amount of innings that the other team has to score. And it all starts from the – back end to the front end, and Hayter needs to stay there. I hardly know her. Wow. What a way to end it. And that does it for another edition of Button Center. I'm Matt Bono. Matt Hayter. There it is. See you next week.